There's a station in Windsor that was called CKLW, which had 50,000 watts and covered all of Detroit. So he actually made a deal with the Canadian radio station, drove down there every Sunday morning, and did a live broadcast in 1938 for half an hour on air. And they had an organ there, and they played introductory music and had a couple of guys singing, uh, which became the Radio Bible Class Quartet. And everything was done live right then and there at the radio station. I'm Byron Tyler, and we are here at the 2020 National Religious Broadcasters Convention, where we've been this week meeting some great folks who are engaged in ministry in a variety of ways through radio, television, print, social media, and ministries that have been the longevity of just being faithful to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ, to share the Word of God, to help you grow in your relationship with Christ. I just happen to be walking around like I just casually do here at the convention. I'm in the exhibition hall right now. I saw a gentleman sitting at a table with my friend Mana Stafford, and Mana is the Bot Radio Network Southwest Regional Manager in Missouri and Northwest Arkansas. She was having her lunch. And then Joseph Palmer, who works for our Oklahoma stations, is here too at the convention. And they're both off a microphone right now, but they're sitting at the table having their lunch. And there was a man by the name of Brent Hackett sitting here, got into conversation, discovered that he is the executive director and CEO of Our Daily Bread Ministries out of Canada. And Brent, I just could not resist having this opportunity to talk with you. Our Bot Radio Network listeners are quite familiar with RBC Ministries, Radio Bible Class, and the the history behind the ministry, the Dahans, and oh my goodness, uh, this is so exciting for me to be able to, to visit with you. Back in Memphis, where my office is, and our bot station, WCRB Radio, when you come into our office area... We've got this three-tier stand. On the top are mints that people always grab, but on the bottom layer is covered with our daily bread, daily devotionals. So I know our listeners, many, appreciate so much the ministry of our daily bread in RBC. Thanks, Byron. It's great to be here. Like you mentioned, there's all, our daily bread is basically the key item now for the ministry. You mentioned RBC Ministries, Radio Bible Class, and for those that have listened for the over the years, that's how they know us. But in 2015, they made the decision, what do people really know us as? And it was Our Daily Bread. So now everything is being changed to Our Daily Bread Ministries and Our Daily Bread Films. And our publishing division used to be called Discovery House Publishers. They've just changed that name now to Our Daily Bread Publishing. So everything ties together under the common name of Our Daily Bread because that's what everybody knows us as. You know, there's when we change a name, there's one Twitter uh, response, and I think it said something like, um, RBC Ministries changed their name to Our Daily Bread Ministries. Duh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Brent, you know, of course, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. What does that mean? The bread of life. Well, you know, it's interesting when you take the, the, the name Our Daily Bread, and we've it's been in uh, circulation since 1956, and if you want the, the story of that, they, they were on radio once a week back then, and Dr. DeHaan and Richard, his son, uh, Henry Bosch, they were making the weekly radio program, and they said, how do we get in touch with people on a regular basis in between these programs? How do we get in touch with them? And they thought, why don't we come up with a daily devotional that they can read each day, and some of it might have been focused on the radio program at the time, and send that out to them on a monthly basis. 
and they're tossing around names, didn't know what to call it. And Richard comes up and he says, why don't we just call it Our Daily Bread? And he says, hey, that sounds good. And um, it, it's, it's stuck and it's worked out well. But it's interesting how people take that. And we've had, actually, interestingly, people trying to knock it off. Yeah. And then they come back and they say, well, Our Daily Bread, that's the Lord's uh, words. And you can't copyright the Lord's words. And you can't do this. <laughs> but, you know, it comes down to it that what you know it as is the little booklet. And so Our Daily Bread is giving you the nourishment you need every day. Yes. From a little, short, devotional. They always have a little catch at the beginning, a little story. You know, so-and-so did such-and-such. Or, you know, I heard a story about this. Or um, the sunrise on over California. Or whatever it happened to be draws you into the story. And then the spiritual application based on the scripture reference you just read is yeah. uh, what you need. And, you know... Whenever I go to hotels and stuff, I always make sure I have an Our Daily Bread with me. And I slide it into the front cover of the Gideon Bible. And so I thought, you know, we're going to get a double whammy when they come and stay in this room. But uh. Well, you mentioned Our Daily Bread narrowing its focus of ministry to focus on this devotional book. I was just thinking back when I was a teenager in the late teens, I had the opportunity on a Easter morning. I was down in Florida. I was traveling, and I was in Cypress Gardens. There was a television show called Day of Discovery. They were doing a live Easter morning sunrise service. And if you could get into the park at Cypress Gardens before sunrise, you got in free. And afterwards, you get to experience the gardens and also watch a ski show and and see that performance. But what was really interesting was Richard DeHaan was teaching God's Word, opening up as the sun rose that Easter morning. I'll never forget him breaking the bread of life to a large group of people that were there to celebrate Easter, of course, but also to be part of that TV show, Day of Discovery. Yeah, and actually, we still get requests, uh, the odd requests coming in asking, are you still doing your sunrise services? (laughs) People remember that from way, way back. That was one of the most popular uh, parts of the program they loved. And uh, doing it, it was filmed live, but then they broadcast it later. But it was interesting to see some of the challenges they had filming on location. If you remember the big harp that they had uh, playing the harp, the sun beat down on that harp so strong that it actually started to cause it to warp and the strings to stretch. And then they had to take it in and retune it. So there were so many challenges they had. And uh, actually, there's one fellow that still works in the um, video department at uh, Grand Rapids. And he was one of the Discovery Singers. And he tells stories of sweating to death in those suits and those long dresses and out in the sun. And so they eventually had to, for you know, ease of production, had to move back into a studio. But right. Yeah, for being there at a morning service, watching the sunrise on a Easter Sunday, and being a part of, of the teaching of God's Word. Richard was really focused on how do we get God's Word into people's lives? How do we teach them? How, and that's what his father had started. And if you ever heard Dr. DeHaan and his old programs, it was very interesting to hear how he was so focused on making sure that what he's taught was from the Bible, and then he amplified on that. And then they took his programs and made it into a printed booklet. So if you wanted to be able to go through afterwards on your own what he taught that week, you could then request a printed booklet of his sermons. And I've actually got a personal campaign right now on eBay to capture all of those books back. Because, you know, when you're living the life, you don't think of keeping something for an archive purpose. And now here we are years later, and these books are still circulating. So we're trying to capture them back and make a library of all these old booklets that 
tied in with the program. But that was, and I'm going to use this as a springboard to talk about another discovery book that we've got called Discovery Series. And what that was, it came from these weekly broadcast transcripts that they made of the program. From that, people started requesting other things. Oh, do you have a transcript or a booklet about such and such? Do you have a booklet about... And from that, it turned into what we call now Discovery Series. And there's about 120 different booklets on different topics. These booklets are available free of charge. We had a pastor that told us once, he keeps about 10 copies of every title in his desk. And they're only 32 pages long. And they cover things such as marriage or death or drug abuse or suicide, all these different topics that people are fighting with. And the pastor's you know, giving some marriage counseling to a husband and wife, and he pulls out the five love languages, and the husband looks at it and says, that's 200 pages, I'm not reading that. <laughs> so he opens his drawer and he pulls out this little four-by-six booklet that's 32 pages, and he says, would you read that? And that's his key into getting somebody to read something that they can handle. And I don't know if there's a spiritual gift of condensing things, but if there was, our daily bread would get that because you're able to take spiritual truths and compact them to the right words and the right stories. You mentioned about getting God's Word in, into His people, and that's really who we are at Bot Radio, getting the Word of God into the people of God. And that's why we like to partner with ministries so they're like-minded, and that's what the mission is. Because the Word of God is what transforms our lives and and changes us and introduces us more into this relationship that God desires to have with us, which is pretty exciting. Uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan has been the base for the ministry since the beginning. Since the very beginning, 1938, they started. So when did you cross the border and open up an office in Canada, and how did Brent Hackett connect with the ministry? Well, it was interesting. In 1938... Uh, Dr. DeHaan, was, he was doing um, church uh, Bible studies. Every Friday night he would go to Woodward Avenue Baptist Church in Detroit, and he'd have a Friday night Bible study there. He'd go to Toledo, Ohio, and have one there on another night. He'd be going um, to Flint, Michigan, and have these Bible studies um, you know, at different times during the week. And when he left his church in Grand Rapids, he was suggested, why don't you take these Bible studies you're doing and make them into a radio program because people that can't come to the church all the time but they'd love to hear what you're teaching so they actually went to a small radio station in royal oak michigan just north of detroit uh, not too far from the detroit zoo if anybody knows where that is and wexl he started in 1938 he went on there and they tried a half hour program and people loved it they says keep broadcasting doctor so in 1938 he kept broadcasting and the ministry grew and people says, we can't hear you in the south end of Detroit. The radio station wasn't strong enough. It was only 50 watts. So it wasn't getting that far going. And it was way up on the AM dial. So there was a lot of static and different things happening. And he says, we need to find another station. Well, there's a station in Windsor that was called CKLW, which had 50,000 watts and covered all of Detroit. So he actually made a deal with the Canadian radio station, drove down there every Sunday morning and did a live broadcast in 1938 for half an hour on air and they had an organ there and they played introductory music and had a couple of guys singing uh, which became the Radio Bible Class Quartet and everything was done live right then and there at the radio station. When I found that out, it was great. Hey, Canada's got our foot in the door right from the very beginning. Until a couple of years later, they were coming in and there was Dr. DeHaan and Henry Bosch and the four singers and the lady that played the organ and a few other people in the elevator. 
the elevator was only made for back then for like eight people, and there was I think up to fifteen, and it stopped. Oh my goodness! And they got stuck, <laughs> and they missed their program, <laughs> and it made the front news story of the Windsor Star that they got stuck in the elevator and missed their program. Right after that, they made arrangements with their studio in Grand Rapids to record the program and then send out these discs. So was that essentially the last live show that they did? About then, yeah, yeah. yeah, They did it for about two years live. Now, they may have done a few recordings. It's tough driving down from Grand Rapids to Detroit and Windsor across the ferry every week, especially when there's rations going on, you know, gas rations and rubber rations, and you're driving your vehicle back and forth. So we anticipate that he probably did some pre-recording. Yeah, but, you you know, know, Brent, what stands out to me is the commitment to the message and how important and how valuable the message of the gospel is and the word of God is to make that necessary sacrifice. Oh yeah, he was just wanted to spread the word and radio was the opportunity to do it. So from there, they uh, went to a morning and evening broadcast. They repeated it in the evening on CKLW and then he, CKLW is part of a network in Michigan and so they then started expanding through this network. Then they went to three radio stations. Then they jumped up to nine radio stations. And they jumped to 12, 15, 18. And within a few years, they were coast to coast on this network with their program and doing it shortwave. And they got letters from U.S. soldiers who were out uh, fighting the war. And they heard the message over shortwave and writing to Dr. DeHaan in Grand Rapids, trying to get more materials that they could use while they're out in their service. And I want to get to your story before we go on. When you first connected in Canada, give us a little history about your life, your family growing up in Canada. Well, I've been a Canadian my entire life. (laughs) Hey? Hey? Oh, sorry. (laughs) Actually, it was interesting. My life, uh, you know, you're brought up in in a Christian family, so that's all you know your entire life is church, the Bible, biblical teaching, and that's a very good, solid foundation that uh, I was brought up in. And as I went through school and things, I used to love radio. When I was a little kid, I would listen to the radio station on Sunday morning, and they played gospel music. I was always the first one ready, and so I'd sit by the radio, and as the announcer would come on, I would turn down the volume, and I'd <laughs> pretend that I was talking on the radio. And when I heard the music come back on, I turned it back up, and that was my uh, introduction into radio. But after high school, I did end up getting a job at a radio station in Toronto, taking care of the Christian programs. And that's how I started getting in touch with all these other radio programs that are out there and understanding what these ministries do. And it just, it was really neat to hear them be able to broadcast and share the message. So I went through um, that for a few years. I ended up working then in a wallpaper distribution company for a number of years. Left that, started my own business selling wholesale to Christian bookstores in Canada. That went for about 10 years. And with the way the Christian bookstore industry is going, we had to close. It was just people weren't putting on their shelves with material we had available. So in doing that, I was looking for a job. And at the time, it was called Radio Bible Class. They put out a job description that says, we're looking for someone to run the Canadian office. They need to know Canadian law. They need to know Canadian employment regulations. They need to know accounts payable, accounts receivable, all the tax laws and all that. And I thought, well... Sounds like your resume matched up perfectly. It was. It was like a a glove fitting it. And, you know... We didn't live in Windsor at the time. We lived about four hours east of there. And I said to my wife, I says, we don't want to have to move. And she says, well, people have been kind to us when you're out of work. And they you know, give you food or give you different gift cards. 
we don't want them to think that you're just mooching off them. You'd better look into this job, at least to say that you investigated it. So I investigated it, sent off my resume, and <laughs> within a day, they'd phone me back and says, can you come to Grand Rapids for an interview? I says, oh, yeah, sure, I'd. Where's Grand Rapids? <laughs> At the time, I had no idea where it was. You know, I was always going east into Toronto. You were hoping it was in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew it was somewhere in Michigan. Yeah. And so I went over there, and we connected instantly. There were people working in that office that knew people that I had worked with in the Christian bookstore industry and people that knew other people that I knew. And it was just like a, coming into a family environment. There's uh, Tom Felton. He's the uh, editor of Our Daily Bread. His dad, Ray, was involved with the ministry for years. And my mom says, oh, when you go there, make sure you mention the name Ray Felton. And I says, why? Because he performed the wedding of my best friend. And so I mentioned it to these guys. And I says, Ray's your dad, right? And he says, oh, yeah, well, he did the wedding for my mom's best friend. And so all these things, and you know, it's like a friendship you immediately have. And so wow. I got the job, and I've been there since 2011. One of the things that, uh, as we've already discussed, is the, the content is so applicable. Obviously, it's God's Word, which is definitely applicable for our lives as followers of Jesus Christ. But the stories that help connect the reader to God's Word, uh, the contributors, what does it take to be a contributor or someone who would produce the material? I mean, do you just have your own in-house resource that you use for writers that does this? Or do people contribute outside the ministry and put stories together? How does this whole process of creating our daily bread take place? Well, it used to be Dr. DeHaan and Henry Bosch would write the devotions, and then from there it expanded out. Now what they have is, is about three or four people on staff they're also editors for the books that we publish and things, but they also write some of the devotions. Bill Crowder from the radio program, he also writes the devotions. So they're always involved in Bible study in some way. And so they're always keeping their eyes out, looking for interesting stories that they might be able to transpose into in our Daily Bread devotional. There's also a few professional writers that we've hired, and they're on contract. They get paid for every devotion that we publish. They're very strictly vetted, I'll say, because we have people all the time saying, hey, I wrote this great devotion, can you publish it? We have to be very cautious because if you open the door, all of a sudden everybody wants to be an author. Everybody thinks that they know what our daily bread is, and they watch it very closely. And in fact, the current writers get frustrated. You know, they say, you've sent this back four times already. Why don't you like it? Well, you've been writing for our daily bread for five years, and you still don't know. (laughs) uh, So, And then sometimes they just refuse them. They say, this does not meet the criteria of what our daily bread is known as. Let's stop right there a second if we can, Brent. What is the criteria? What is it that you guys look for when you're producing the material for our daily bread? Well, first of all, we're looking for how does it apply to someone's life? Is this going to be an applicable devotion that's going to help encourage someone? Second of all, it has to be grounded in God's Word. And how does a story relate to what is being taught from the Word? You know, you could take a Bible passage and a story and you put them in the same devotion, but they don't relate to each other, you've kind of lost it. We're also looking for clarity. How clear is this to the reader? Can a 12-year-old read it? Can an 80-year-old read it? We want to make sure that both ages and everybody in between are able to read it and understand it, which is a challenge to a lot of writers because some of them like to write very deep theological way, and they're saying that's too deep. We have to simplify it for the reader. So they're looking for that aspect as well. And then they're also looking for mission of our daily bread is to make the life-changing wisdom of the Bible understandable and accessible to all. How do we take that 
And the secondary vision is to then see people be led to a relationship with Christ and be active in their local church. So we don't want to replace the church. We don't want to become their pastor. We want to encourage them and supplement what they're getting each week from their church or lead them to Christ so that they can then find a local church that will be able to support them and encourage them and disciple them. So we want to be more of part of the building up of their individual faith. Right. How do we do that in a simple way, a clear way, but a solidly scriptural way? I'm sure that many people depend on our Daily Bread devotional for insight into God's Word and to help them to grow because moms that are trying to take care of children, people are busy and don't have a lot of time to read long books. So the concise factor of the, our Daily Bread is so impactful tied in with God's Word, which we know God's Word doesn't return void. So when it's attached to a message like that, the potential of heart change, of life change, somebody who's down, maybe they've lost a loved one, it just needs something to pick them up. I'm sure you hear countless stories over the years of how our daily bread impacts lives. Well, it is. We get letters all the time, and someone says, how did you know I needed this on this date? When did the person write this article? And they actually have written it a year before you actually see it on the printed page because the the author has to write it. It has to go through editorial. It has to go through correction. It has to go through typesetting. It has to go through graphic design. It has to go proofreading. All these different steps all the way through. It's a year before you actually pick it up and open it up. So we get letters and we give them to the author and we say, oh, so-and-so loved your devotion today. And they scratch their head and say, what did I write about? I forget what I wrote about. And Doesn't that just encourage you thinking about the providence of God, the caring nature of our Heavenly Father, how those moments connect together? I mean, it's not a coincidence. Oh, no. And it's, it, it's humbling when you get these letters in the mail and people are, are pouring their heart out to you and say, this you know saved my life. This this devotion was just what I needed for this day. And you know we get letters of people that were going to commit suicide, and they just happen to find in our daily bread, and they open it up, and it just spoke to them right then and there. And the interesting thing with our daily bread is it's almost like layers as well. You've got the devotion, but you've got a key verse. And so someone at a bus stop maybe finds in our daily bread sitting on the bench. They open it up, and they read the key verse and the devotion, and the bus comes. They've gotten just a little bit yeah. to whet their appetite. Yeah. Someone else might have a bit more time, so they read the actual scripture selection along with the devotion. Someone who's got more time, the inside on every page is through the Bible in a year. And you can then follow through the reading plan to read through the Bible in a year. So depending on how much time you have right. and where you are in your personal spiritual journey, you can use our daily bread for a little bit or you can use it for a lot. Yeah. Brent, what is the monthly, what is the yearly distribution of our daily bread? Oh, monthly, it's hard to figure because it's two different books we have. We have a monthly booklet that goes out and it just has a 30, 31 devotions in it with the scripture on the page beside it. Then there's also a three-month booklet, which is just 90 devotions. Right. And those are the ones that we give out through churches and through businesses because we're just kind of spreading the seed, looking for people that want to read it. Around the world right now, globally, they're saying 60 million books a year wow. are distributed in different languages. Yeah. We've got the books in about 50 different languages now, either printed or online. And we're reaching over 100 different countries with that. You know, we've got Arabic, we've got Chinese and simplified and traditional, we've got Japanese, we've got Indonesian, obviously English and French, Spanish and Portuguese. Pastors love it. We had one pastor come to us and he says, you know, when I started this church, 
I was in the Italian community and I knew everybody that lived around me. But the kids grow up and the parents sell their house and they move on. And he says, now that corner over there speaks Arabic. That corner over there speaks Tamil. That corner over there speaks a different language I don't know. How do I reach these people? I say, oh, here, here's our daily bread in Arabic, and here's our daily bread in Tagalog. Here's our daily bread in different languages. And his eyes lit up, and he says, I can actually reach these people in their language. And he was just so thankful to be able to have these resources. I love that story, Brent. Thank you so much for the time you have spent with us here at Bot Radio Network. Again, we're coming to you from the National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Nashville, Tennessee. Our pleasure to have Brent Hackett, who's the executive CEO of Our Daily Bread Ministries in Canada, Brent, when you talk about all that great distribution, that does not come without a price. You depend on support from those who believe in the ministry, are benefactors of our daily bread and habit. I know many know that they give gifts to the ministry to help support, but for those who would like to know more about the ministry through website or to be able to support financially, what can they do? Well, inside every book usually is a little envelope. So if you like the old-fashioned way of putting a stamp on something, and it's amazing the number of envelopes that still come in the mail every day. And people put in $5. They think they're covering their costs for what they get. All those add up. They keep adding up, and they provide enough resources for us to be able to keep producing the book. Online is uh, another way that's really growing quickly. You can go to odb.org or ourdailybread.org, whichever you want to remember. Both go to the same spot. There's a little donate button there in the top right corner. You can also get the app. It's available for both your Apple and Android applications. And so a lot of people read the app. And again, it's got a reminder every day for reading plans. And it keeps track of whether you read or not. So congratulations. You've read 24 <laughs> days in a row. Some accountability. There is. Yeah, there is. Yeah, like and uh, it's nice. It's just there all the time. Right. And you can donate through the app as well. Come and visit us in Grand Rapids. You know They give tours of the facility as well. If anybody's in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area, yeah. call ahead and say, hey, we're coming as a family to a trip, and we'd love to tour the facility and see the actual printing operation, too, where our daily bread is printed on site right in Grand Rapids. Wow. Well, Brent Hackett, God bless you, my dear brother. Thank you for what you do for Christ's kingdom through the ministry of Our Daily Bread in Canada. Thanks for having me. Well, friends, we're going to conclude our time here at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler, and for Bot Radio Network, we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.